Well, it's great to be able to share this afternoon with you. Hope you've all had a great Christmas day and here we are on Boxing Day. It's kind of on the way to being over, but still a few more days left of the holiday time. I hope you're keeping well, I hope you're keeping safe. We're carrying on in our series at looking at how uh, the way we celebrate Christmas today can be unwrapped and reconsidered in the light of the original uh, Christmas message. And I just want to turn to just a couple of verses from our reading uh, a little bit earlier. It's verse 6 and 7 of Luke chapter 2. Let me read them to you. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Just two verses which record the most significant moment in the whole of human history. Nothing, nothing in the Christian story is greater than this moment. We would describe it as the idea that God is present with us. It's an idea that we sing in many of our carols, but at the same time, we can look at it and consider this way. Quietly, it happened out of sight of most uh, people around. They were in uh, a, an animal barn because there was no room for them in the guest houses in Bethlehem. It's incredible to think, isn't it, that the creator of the universe, the son of the living God, stepped into human history, stepped into time and space in such a quiet and seemingly insignificant way. And really it's that very event which is why we're celebrating Christmas and why we've celebrated Christmas for generations. But it seemed to me that even the idea of selling, celebrating Christmas on the 25th of December can be quite a, quite a challenge for some people. It's the event that transforms the whole of human history. It's a, a moment in the calendar which has changed and continues to influence the whole of the world. There is global impact because of the day that we celebrate Christmas. Traditionally, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, Christ Mass, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Promised One, the Messiah, who is now present with us. There's a whole lot of debate around what Mass means, but certainly what we do now and what we understand intuitively, even if we've never heard the Christian story in detail, we know that the celebration of Jesus being born is at the very centre of Christmas. But here's the question. What if it isn't the 25th of December? What if it isn't even in December? And what if we don't really know the date on which Jesus was born? Or more importantly, is the whole of the Christian message undermined, made irrelevant, because we celebrate the birth of Jesus on the 25th of December? I think for many it's a really important question, and for some it's also the reason why you might decide I can't even begin to embrace the idea of this, this Jesus 
this Christ, this God present with us. When I know that you've just grabbed a date out of previous festivals. So let's dig into that, shall we, just for a few minutes on this Boxing Day. Let's think about Christmases past. In fact, Christmases previous to the very first Christmas. There are a couple of significant influences. Sol Invictus was a Roman celebration running from around about the 17th of December, but culminating on the 25th of December, where the Romans celebrated what they described as the unconquered sun, the Sol Invictus, the day in which, in their minds, in their calculations, the day in which the sun which had been depleting in its presence every day shorter, where the, the corner was turned and there was sense that the sun was rising victorious. It was not defeated. It was unconquered. And in the Roman mindset, that was a great thing and something to celebrate. At the same time, the Romans celebrated something called Saturnalia. It was in, in honor of the god Saturn, and that ran from the 17th to the 23rd of de December. So around this time in the, in the ancient Roman world, we had a, a significant amount of celebration from, from mid-December right the way through to the end of December. It was a time of huge festival and feasting around the time where the calendar changed and the presence of the sun became greater right the way through to that summertime. The Christian celebration of the birth of Jesus was actually established in 336 AD under Constantine and hugely influenced by a, an early thinker called Julius Sextins Africanus, who in his mind, he calculated the generations and decided that Jesus was conceived nine months earlier, 25th of March, and therefore 25th of, the de of December was the day that we celebrated the birth of Jesus. But nothing had a, nothing of that idea had any foundation, had any solidity, any uh, knowledge of the true date of Jesus's birth. It was 330 odd years later and was, was a moment of official recognition and celebration. There were other influences. In fact, there are significant other influences on our celebration of Christmas and what we do, do, do celebrate. Many of the pagan beliefs celebrated winter solstice, the idea of the sun triumphing, the shortest day of the year turning and the days becoming longer. The idea of Santa and stockings is an old idea from the pagan world, uh, even before Saint Nick. Uh, Christmas carols even, the singing of Christmas joy was a pre-Christian idea. It was an Anglo-Saxon idea when you would walk around the village, around the winter solstice, and you would sing blessings and hope on your neighbours. Mistletoe is an ancient pagan emblem of fertility, which is why we kiss under the mistletoe. And holly, again, was used in celebration of Saturnalia. 
Even Christmas trees, Christmas tree behind me, was an old Germanic custom in celebration and worship of the god Odin. Is it possible, therefore, that the whole thing falls apart from a Christian message point of view? Because we have clearly stolen so many ideas. Does it undermine the message of the birth of Jesus? I don't think so. In fact, in some ways, I think it enhances this message of the birth of Jesus. See, the ancients were far more connected in a pre-electricity age to the significance of the winter solstice. In, in the UK, our days become relatively shorter uh, and relatively longer. In other parts of the world, uh, there is uh, a period of time in the year where the sun doesn't rise, as there's a period of time in the year when the sun doesn't set. But the ancients understood far more about the significance of the sun returning. The survival, perhaps, literally the survival of an oppressive winter. The idea that maybe the turning of the season will see the germination of the crops that they had sown pre-frost. Maybe that there would be a rebirth of livestock. And maybe if we give the gods their honour, in the pagan mindset, maybe if we give the gods their honour, maybe all that is truly fearful and unsurvivable about a permanent winter might be turned around, that the days will lengthen and that we will see life and hope re-emerge. And in those ideas, we see the seeds of a tremendous connection to the Christian message. Maybe the ancients saw more than we realised and maybe those first believers in Jesus Christ recognised what they had been celebrating in the past but saw a new reason, a fresh reason for hope, the turning of darkness to light. One of the ideas that we've looked at over the past couple of years actually at Christchurch is the idea that Christmas and the celebration of Advent uh, for us is very much a celebration of joy and, and happiness. But, but truly in the ancient Christian mind, in, in past generations and, and still celebrated in many uh, Christian communities, is the idea that Advent is a time of darkness, a time of recognising the bleakness of the human experience and then the birth of Jesus Christ is the moment of hope, the moment of the light breaking in, the moment of joy and celebration, the moment that they can turn to a hope outside of the brokenness of the world in which we exist. That idea that Advent is the necessary precursor to the joy and the light, the contrast of the dark and the grimness with the hope that is found in Jesus. Hope from the coldness of winter. I've used this idea on a number of occasions over these past few weeks. Uh, the idea of C.S. Lewis's Narnia in The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe. Narnia, a place where under the 
Under the spell of the White Witch, it was always winter and never Christmas. And the more I've thought about it in, in preparing for, for this conversation this afternoon, the more I realised the power of what C.S. Lewis had discovered. He was an expert in ancient thinking and medieval thinking. He was a, he was a, a smart thinker. He understood the significance. He understood actually that the ancients could teach us a thing or two. And the more I see in what he wrote about winter but never Christmas in Narnia, the more I understand what C.S. Lewis was driving at. The idea of an ever coldness, the idea of an ever darkness, but never that moment of hope. I always thought that when Santa appeared in The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, it was simply about the joy of Christmas. But actually what, what Lewis is pushing into is the idea right at the core of the Christian message, which is the idea that the coming of Jesus Christ is a turning point of true hope. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. A moment of the turning of hope. The moment when the Christian message speaks to each one of us and turns to us and says, this message, this tangible presence of God in the world is precisely the hope that I have promised for millennia. It's what I've had planned from the very, very foundation of time that I would break in, not just to visit you, but to save you, to give you light in darkness, to give you hope in the depths of your spiritual winters. Because the rising of the Son of God is merely reflected in the return of the rising sun, which we celebrate every year. And I think that that was probably right at the very heart of those ancient Christians who had celebrated Saturnalia, who had celebrated Sol Invictus, who maybe in their pagan celebrations in worship of the god Odin had sung songs around their village and put Christmas trees up and lit put candles in trees. All of those things where they had had that, that visceral experience of a desire for hope for the future. And then they realised that there is a greater hope. And actually winter solstice is the perfect moment to recognise the hope that is in Jesus. Yes, we can do it every year when we see a turning towards light, a turning towards warmth. All of those things that, was, that were written into the ancient minds, into the pagan minds to say there is something about the hope out of the darkness. But the light of the world, as Jesus is described, it's a light in the darkness with a far greater quality than any of their previous celebrations. And so those ancient Christians probably very openly 
spoke about the way that they would take their previous celebrations. Yes, they would take Sol Invictus. Yes, they would take Saturnalia. Yes, they would turn, take the, the worship of Odin, but they would turn it and they would speak to their friends and they would speak to their families and they would say, yes, in the middle of these celebrations, we have a new reason to celebrate. We have a new hope. We have the birth of the sun in Jesus. We sing about it in our Christmas songs and in our carols and one of the more recent ones captures it so powerfully in this way. Long in the world, long lay the world in sin and error pining. That sense of bleakness, that sense of hopelessness till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Why? Why does the weary world rejoice? For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. That's the celebration that we, we have at that Christmas morning where we see the birth of Jesus is the breaking of in of a new and glorious morn. I pray that for all of us during this Christmas time, we might be able to truly, deeply and richly be able to share the final words of that carol. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Sit alongside those shepherds who heard the declaration from heaven of the birth of Jesus. Fall on your knees, O oh, night divine, O oh, night, when Christ was born. Maybe you've been challenged, maybe destabilised when you realised that the Christ Christmas message from a Christian point of view can have no real foundations on the 25th of December. I actually think it has greater foundations because it speaks of the joy of what a past people found in Jesus. And I pray that our hearts might be warmed to know just that joy so that the celebration that we've had with all of maybe the good things that we as a culture and as a society celebrate at Christmas might find a relative smallness compared to the celebration in our hearts of the birth of Jesus. I hope you have an, ex an excellent next few days. I hope you keep safe and our prayers are with you.